So, Chris, the people want to know our secrets. How did we get this podcast started? Yeah, kind of a crazy story. We were both coming into this from the YouTube side, have never really done anything podcast-wise. We looked around, found Anchor by Spotify, really great service. It's completely free to use. They have some great stuff that you can just upload straight onto the website. You can actually record on the website. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to another episode of Sower in the States Baseball. I am joined by my co-host. I guess my name I should say first. I'm Chris, the MLS card guy. We have Daniel Trippin B on the on the line here. He's our co-host for, for baseball. How are you today? I'm so good, Chris. I'm so fired up. I'm so excited about baseball. Oh, it's it's pretty crazy for me, just on my own personal journey of like using So Rare to rediscover the love of a game that I used to you know love for a lot of years and kind of fell away from more recently and now i'm back and i'm loving it i went into a lot of those details last episode if you listened thanks to all who did and we got so much good information from so rare today about how this game's going to launch it's kind of just reigniting my fantasy fire for you know hardball for stuff action on the diamond and i'm really excited to hear what you've been doing because ever since this announcement came out you've been breaking everything down you, you got deep in the numbers so uh i definitely want to sit back and listen to some of that wisdom from you but i, I want to build up the hype i want to talk a little bit about some strategy stuff and want to talk some baseball yes i have uh i've been in the weeds here folks i've been doing some dirty dirty work I took today off of work for this entire announcement. I am obviously super, super excited to get uh, to get baseball up and running. I was hoping that we would get a market quickly, and it's only next Tuesday. It's six days away. Um, as we release this, it'll be five days away. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to try to figure all this out. This is a brand new market. We have no idea what the prices are going to be. We have no idea what the rewards are going to be. I mean, we know 40% are going to go to rewards. 40% of the cards are going to go to rewards, but we don't know what the competitions are going to look like. Mm -hmm. We did get a lot of this information. uh, So I think we'll start and just kind of recap in case anybody missed it, what the announcement was and uh, some of the big highlights from the announcement from earlier today um i did a twitter space that a couple people listened to so appreciate everybody who was on that um where we were live and we were just kind of given instant reactions but we've had a little more time to process now so i think we can get a little bit more in depth first of all the the first thing that i noticed was on design of the cards um there's a year one edition at the bottom and i think this is a intentional choice by silver to make these cards very very collectible in the future and lean into that collectability aspect that baseball has because everybody's grown up with baseball cards so i think we're going to see a lot more value be placed on them from a collectability standpoint as opposed to just a uh, a utility standpoint what are your thoughts about that i hope so i hope so for sure i think this is sort of a play at collectors and sort of a a game almost designed to enhance people who are in the collecting space more than move fantasy players over to play this. And, and the main reason for that is because there's no uh, Ethereum threshold prizes that we are know and love. And the famous, one of the most famous attractions of the so rare football game. So the lack of them saying anything about ETH prizes uh, for a threshold means that it's going to be, I think it's going to keep prices down. I think that that is just a little less utility for these cards that we compared to the soccer versions. And so I think, it is a collectible thing. They they also up to the scarcities. You know the 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 rare is of a thousand in baseball compared to rare hundred in in uh, soccer. So there's there's little things like that. The limited goes up to five thousand. So I think they're trying to you know keep prices a little lower, have a be a little more entry level. I do think there's going to be some premiums on these first editions, like you said for sure. But I think they want to make this baseball version a game for all baseball fans and attract people who are into collecting cards and who play fantasy. The scoring, you know, sim is kind of transfers over nicely from a lot of already existing fantasy baseball systems. So, uh, yeah, I I think that it's going to be a game for collectors. I I hope so. I I hope that they can use all this extra scarcity to come up with some, you know, squad building and even maybe even card burning challenges and things like that where, you know, you can trade in 
you know, a, a squad, you traded nine limiteds of a, uh, of a team, like the starting nine starting lineup, let's say you can trade that for one rare from the same team or something like that. But, you know, that, that kind of stuff is stuff I've, I've always wanted for soccer. And now maybe with a, a larger supply, even larger scarcity, I, the supply will actually be smaller things. There's so much for your teams, but yeah, just think, yeah, game for the collectors. Let's, let's, uh, let's hope a lot of people come flooding to this game. What I want to pay attention to is how many people join the so rare discord, like go, go to the so rare discord, yeah. like new members and see how many people are popping in there. And like, uh, like every minute by minute. Cause I remember in the soccer booms, you could go into that, that channel and you could speak, man, this site is blowing up. There's so many people just joining this discord. You knew they were joining the site. So hopefully that'll translate. Yeah. I think that's a, a really good astute observation. And I think one thing that I had kind of noted in, in my discord was, if Aaron Judge is coming on and talking about this, we're not getting soccer fans to play this game. Like this is not aimed at bringing soccer people over. This is not aimed at being just the next step for soccer players. This is a baseball game for baseball players that know baseball. So I think there is room for soccer players to get in and, you know, be an early adopter. But I think realistically long-term this is going to be this is going to look more like a separate game as opposed to the same game you mentioned no e-thresholds and i think that that is a big deal and and part of uh, yeah you're right the the prices will probably be a little bit lower because of that but i'm not sure if the prices will be lower period i think they'll be lower than they would have been had we had gotcha. ETH, obviously but I'm not sold on the fact that there won't be a ton of collectability for these cards. There's only 30 teams as opposed to 250 or whatever they said during the announcement. I I don't know if there's enough players. And if this really catches on the way that soccer has caught on, I think we could see some really scarce cards that you honestly just can't find, especially for these year ones, because we're only getting half of the scarcities here in year one. Um, we're only getting 200 or 2,500 limited cards in year one. So I think those cards specifically down the road will have a fairly big collectible value, especially if this ends up catching on and, and being kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think you make a great point about if they're counting on all the existing soccer players to come over and be baseball players, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work right. because the, I've seen a lot of sort of like, amusement and curiosity from my European counterparts that I know and love and, and chat with every day playing so rare football, but they are like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll dip my toes in. I'll, I'll go see what it's all about. You know, I, I like the idea of being an early adopter on something like you said, but right. none of them are like super like, Oh, I'm super into baseball. I'm, 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 I've never, you know, seen a, this game played in my life that I would say soccer's profile in America, as much hate as it gets, is still bigger than baseball's profile in Europe. So Oh, for uh, sure. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I think it's got to be sold through Major League Baseball itself. One thing that I, I noticed was when MLB social media put out their, you know, tweets and posts, you know, announcing this partnership from their their side. You know, we, we everything I was looking at was from the sober side, but MLB was also promoting this. And uh, they got responses from, a lot, you know, the olds of Twitter, the people who like uh, yeah. just barely figured out how to create a Twitter account. And, and uh, that's when their technological advancement stopped. They're like, what is this crap? You know, get your cryptocurrency out of my face. And, you know, you know, and it, <laughs> but someone said, how about you stop making NFTs and pay your minor league players a living wage? And I was like, well, in theory, this partnership <laughs> this is helps that. more money than yeah. the minor league players, you know? So I don't yeah. know. Uh, it, there's a huge segment of baseball fans that don't get it. And the, oh, yeah. are going to have to be sort of led by the hand. I noticed if I if I remember correctly, I noticed a distinct lack of any of use of the term NFTs, you know, in today's presentation. I don't think Sower is trying to sell these as NFTs to anybody. They're calling them cards that they want to appeal to that American yeah, card collecting sure. psyche and established industry. I think I don't know. And one just one more comparison. I don't know how big card collecting has been in Europe you know, here, like over the last 50 years, I don't know if the card collecting soccer culture over there, I know Panini stickers are huge, but I don't know if that could match the sort of card collecting culture that has been built in the United States over the last 50 years, for sure. So there's a huge collection, you know, vein to tap into, and they can strike gold if they do it right. 
And they really leaned into that too with announcing that they're going to put rookie card logos on there, which is something that is very, very popular here in the States, obviously. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think there's, they're really trying to attract that baseball audience, a brand new audience that isn't part of Sobra currently. And we'll have to see how, how things go and how things look. But I also think I was talking to, uh, to our good friend, Bob Orangefly. Love you, Bob. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we were talking about how there's no E thresholds. There's nothing to base things on. And um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of brought up the point that, I mean, there's no E thresholds in limited in, for soccer. There's no E thresholds for super rare in soccer. We still think there's utility in those. Um, mm-hmm. So there is still, there's still some utility to be gained from 40% of the cards will be saved for rewards. You can only win them by either buying them or by, or by winning them through rewards. So I think there is still some, some utility on that side of things. Um, if they, uh, if people fall in love with the cards and you have the chance to win cards by playing the game, then that's enough utility. Yeah. You, the ETH thresholds are not going to make or break the game. I just think they, they kind of depress some of the early entrants and, and definitely cut down on the sort of the, the soccer jump over. Right. And the other thing too, uh, that I was kind of mentioning along with that, this is, so is a $4 billion company. They're trying to prove as a company that they can play outside of soccer, that they can play in other sports. Uh, so if this fails, they can't go to the NFL and say, we can do this. They can't go to the NBA and say, we can do this. They can't go to golf or tennis or anybody else and say, we can do this. Cause they're just going to say, look at what you did with baseball. It failed because you're a soccer only company. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let this fail. If this, if the market needs E thresholds after a year and they see that they're, I have full faith that they're going to put E thresholds in. You know, I have full faith that they're going to do what they need to do to make this catch on. And um, yeah, I think, I think um, they, they can't let this fail essentially. Yeah. You're you're dead. Right. It's, it's an absolute must make or break for them if they want to level up as a company and they're putting a lot behind it. Getting Aaron judge on board for today's announcement, obviously was a great sign. And I think there's going to be a lot to collect. I hope, I hope they they play around with so much supply in terms of, you know, individual like 5,000 versions of a card of one guy and limited, you know, hopefully they can play around and get, get uh, creative with the photos. You know, I, I, one thing mm, I kind of play yeah. when they showed what the card looked like, I was like, Oh, those look, you know, realistically, I said, Oh, those look great. Obviously I think everybody agrees. They look great. Uh, but, but the sort of the trolley complainer guy side of me was like, yeah, where's the, you know blank you know staring straight ahead headshots i thought we were going to get action shots like real baseball cards you know like so i think that is a i don't know what percentage i would assign to that but i do think that people who are used to collecting baseball cards when they see just you know static headshots or static you know uh media day shots as opposed to the action shots that they're used to that there'll be a little bit of a, of a culture shock in that aspect but i would hope that in the future they can make you know like the if uh somebody hits if judge hits 40 home runs this year maybe his number 40 mint can be you know a special action shot photo you know what i'm is what i'm getting at that now yeah. in terms of special editions where they change up the photo or they change up the branding like you said rookie card branding maybe they'll have a all-star game branding or you know something like that and just like yeah. really get more one thing I, I i would love to see if you on the soccer cards if you look in the uniques you know, the uniques have like the guy's name sort of like watermarked and blazoned in a thing like that. And I would like to see like special, like rare versions on milestone editions or whatever that get that treatment, you know, just to make them sort of like stand out more. We've seen it a little bit in the sunrise and the player of the year and stuff like that. And I just hope they'll expand it in baseball. Yeah. I'd love to see something even like the tops now stuff, like player of the week type stuff where, Hey, this reward for this week, they're going to mint five of these and they're going to be this, you know, this kind of special edition. I love reward cards. If reward cards had like a slightly different background or to differentiate them from auction bought cards. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. That'd be, that'd be so cool. Um, So kind of moving on a little bit, the next big announcement they said was the format of the game. So they're going to be seven aside um, teams you're going to have positions will be starting pitcher relief pitcher corner infielder which includes dh middle infielder which includes catcher which was a big thing we were worried about outfielder mm. and then a flex hitter and a flex player which could be anybody 
Um, the game weeks run from Monday to Thursday and then from Friday to Sunday mirroring real series, which I think was the only way to really do this correctly. Um, what are your reactions to the to the lineups and to the game weeks? Nailed it. 100 yeah. percent nailed it. The, you know, if, if catcher had been a required position to fill, it would have got real dicey real fast. So calling that a middle infielder, even though it's a little wonky, I don't think uh, uh, I am stealing this joke from my guy fear, fear my turtle. But he he's I saw him say this earlier, like no one ever says. I'm going, I'm not going out to play middle infield and throws on their catcher gear, you know? So, so, uh, but it's fine. It works for the game. It works for the game purposes. Right. And that's fine with me. I think forcing catchers on us would have been horrible. So I'll just, we can, but it's over. We don't have to worry about it. I like, I actually like that you're kind of forced to have a relief pitcher. And I love the idea of the flex being either a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher or a hitter. I think that gives so much strategic, dynamics and ways to be creative and different ways to stack your team. You, you can also, they didn't say anything. There's no stack restrictions. So you can like build a, right. a stack of an entire team if you want things like that. So you can have the I, I bet bombers. Stack, I, I bet stack. I think stack restrictions might come in in a future version of the game. We'll see kind of like you said, and depending might, on the tournament too. Both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, again, that's, that's another place for them to be creative is just in different tournament requirements we've seen that in soccer and maybe having a seven card lineup instead of five will allow more creativity who knows yeah i think you you hit it right on the head when you said they nailed it and they made and we'll talk about the matrix a little bit later as well but even i'm i i went i told you guys i went deep dive on this i went deep dive and like the the positions are all fairly even really um i i don't know why i just kind of expected there to be a more robust because you know with soccer we're used to every little thing counts for something and here it's just you know do you get a hit or do you not get a hit do you do you strike out um or do you walk and and you know it's that's really it there's not a whole lot as far as depth in the matrix itself but uh, it does balance things out really well. I went through and just added up points for everybody for this year. And it really does. It really does balance things out pretty well. And it's going to make for some really interesting strategy. I think um, as far as, as stacking things is, is obviously going to be huge, but then, you know, you get the whole starting pitcher with the game week thing, because there's the Friday to Sunday, there's three games. Monday to Thursday, there's potentially four, but most weeks will probably be three games as well. So you got a 40% chance if you've got the best starting pitcher that they just don't play that game week. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to have a stable of starting pitchers, I think. Um, yeah, I think it just makes a whole lot of sense. It makes it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, let's see. Player scores are aggregated across the game week. So there's no zero to 100. They got rid of that um, from soccer. It's just pure counting yep. stats, counting up, which I think is great. I think it really adds something to it uh, as I think far that's as trying to pick players. People that are used to playing fantasy baseball on other platforms, yeah. they would they appreciate that probably more. That will attract them to the game more than a capped matrix-based one out of 100 scoring would for this game. Right, and there's not a ton of stuff to go down with, so especially with hitters. So realistically, you're looking at just – kind of like soccer does he play consistently is going to be a huge kind of part of this um the best ability the best ability is availability right um they did say uh, i'm going to call this the shohei otani role players can only accrue points at the position they're placed um i did ask on social media if shohei otani if we put him in that flex where you can put anybody (laughs) what would happen with his score would it be a hitter or a pitcher i don't i didn't Mm -hmm. get an answer to that yet but we'll keep you up keep you updated if we do get an answer to that um but that's literally just for him uh and it makes and we'll just have to have a shohei otani discussion as far as Mm is is he really that much more valuable than everybody else or is it really just kind of a moot point at this point yeah, I mean, if you're gonna get the 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 starting pitching stats and a couple games worth of hitting in a game week, then yeah, he oh has yeah, to, he's worth way more. He can win. But if you can only get himself at that point, if you yeah. can only get one or the other, then mm-hmm. uh, you know we'll have to have a discussion on that. So they they mentioned a few things about the matrix, which we'll go over a little bit later. You, we we alluded to the scarcities, so the scarcities will be still out of one, which I kind of like that they kept unique out of one. Um, I, I would have been fine with them just adding in a new scarcity though, just saying everything's the same, but we're going to add a 5,000 scarcity. Mm-hmm. 
Um, cause now it jumps from one to 100. So I don't know how that's going to play as far as values go. Um, but it's one, 100, 1,000, 5,000. Do you see any big differences with the scarcities here? No, just my, my, uh, the fact that I'm old and have a hazy brain makes me wish that the scarcity numbers were the same across both sports, but I'm sure I'll get used to it. And it'll become instinctual soon enough. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing that I maybe just thought of, um, if we're talking about this being a really big collectability site, even though it's out of 5,000, I think the one of and the Jersey numbers are still going to be much more expensive than normal cards because there's still only one of those, even if they're technically mm-hmm. out of 5,000, there's still only one of one. So whether it's one out of 10, one out of a hundred, one out of a thousand, I think one of, or Jersey number is going to be a, is going to be much more expensive. Again, I'll stick with the, the broad generalizations here. I think just in general, baseball card collectors are much more in tune to that num that serial number that one of 100 etc than soccer card collectors are i mean not that it doesn't exist in soccer but i think it will be a much bigger factor in baseball personally yeah you look at you look at a soccer chart it's just a chart where the where there's waves and it goes up and down but all the prices are the same at any given time you just buy a card whereas here in baseball i think you're going to see a normal wave chart and then you'll see dots that are just above the normal wave that are the the collectible ones, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you'll see a little less um, correlation, I guess, in the, in the, in the prices. They said that they're going to save 40% of the cards for rewards, which we talked on a little bit earlier. They did say no E-thresholds, but they're going to have a way that players can randomly win a card without winning the prizes. So I don't know if that looks like, if you play basically the idea was the more you play the better chance you have to win mm-hmm. so i don't know if that was if you play a certain number of weeks and don't get a reward you get a dnp player if you or if it's just we're going to randomly pick 25 people out of the game week that entered and give them rewards just for the heck of it i don't know how that looks like they didn't really elaborate um but that i guess is the idea is to kind of replace the eth grind thresholds to where people who can't get into the rewards still have some chance We'll see how that p- plays out in practice. Yeah, he was so vague about it that that on that point that he it, I I don't I don't don't know what to expect until I see it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he said fifty percent of the total for this season specifically will not be released. So they're going to keep this year since we're already halfway through the year. They're going to keep the supply a little bit lower this year, which is again good for collectability for those first year cards, which I think mm-hmm. we're going to harp on quite a bit. He went through competitions, so. He said limited, rare, super rare, and unique competitions. And then he listed out rare, you're going to be able to play four rares and three limiteds. Super rare, you'll be able to play three super rares and four rares. And then uniques, you'll be able to play two uniques and five super rares. Now, the on the website, it has something a little bit different, I believe, if I looked on here. It has like a limited, and then it has like a rare plus with what he was describing as limited. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what the requirements are going to be here. Um, he did say it would be a little looser at the beginning as well. He said, you're going to have a chance to play common cards in the, in the limited divisions early on. Um, what do you think about being able to mix scarcities? Because really in soccer, you buy a limited team or you buy a rare team or you buy a super rare team. And then to jump to the next one, you kind of have to buy a whole new team. Yeah. I mean, there's the, they are the pro division rare pro that kind of helps you step up from rare to super rare in soccer but this looks a lot more built towards progression i would say yeah. i think good i think the way they described it is that you'll kind of have the way i understand it and i could this could not end up to be the case but this is the way i understand it right now is that there'll be like a rare and a rare pro and in the rare pro you there they describe it as fewer rewards but more of the next scarcity up so uh, it basically mm-hmm. will probably work similar to soccer in terms of like you can win if you want to get from limited to rare you, there's a way to do it without just i think they'll without just buying a full rare team like you said like if, like the I specialist competitions able, yeah it might take a little time but you'll be able to win your way up up in scarcity i think in baseball a little bit better than in soccer yeah i think that's just honestly better planned out it doesn't seem like they got state like in soccer 
it kind of seems like they had stages and they just didn't want to mm-hmm. mess with the market. So they just kind of built on top of what they had, whereas mm-hmm. this was completely designed out all the way out to limited from the get go. So I think it's just a better plan, you know, city. It's, it's it's like American cities versus European cities, right? American cities, they planned on it being a city with roads and stuff. Whereas oh, yeah. in Europe, it's just everything's built on top of everything else and it's winding roads everywhere and and it's yeah. all kind of crazy. Like uh, Boston versus uh, Salt Lake City, you know, <laughs> like to, yeah. in terms of winding yeah. roads versus a grid for sure. Uh, but uh I, I agree with you. And what I, I wonder about that makes me think that, that you say that, I, will we see anything that like works in MLB, like transfer back over to soccer, whether it's a limited pro division or something like that, because it is so hard for them to make a drastic change that messes with existing market values. Cause they know that will get the people in more of an uproar than anything else. Right. So, but I feel like there are going to be some things that prove to be pretty good aspects of the MLB game. And the question then becomes, do those migrate backwards over to, to soccer or, or if the, is that backwards, is that sideways, who knows, but any thoughts there? It kind of seems like they're building it as two completely separate games, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there could be at some point they'll have something that they'll try out in soccer that'll then migrate over to baseball and vice versa. Um, so I think if they have a good idea on one side, they'll use it on the other side as well. It within reason if they can. Um, as long as it makes sense with the with the sport that it's going to. So, yeah, I think we will see some of that. That's just part of having two different products and learning from one product and then applying that knowledge to the other. I think that's just good, smart business, and I think we will see that. Um, I don't think there's any real difference between them right now because they're just they're starting from the same place. Like baseball is kind of branched off from where soccer was. So I don't think there's any new insights they've gained from baseball as of right now. But down the road, yeah, I mean, I could 100% see them trying to lean more into collectability or anything. You know, I have no idea what's coming for baseball, but you could you could absolutely see them have some good ideas that uh, that end up migrating on back over. Um, last little part here of the announcement itself. He said, we'll still get special weeklies in baseball. There'll still be different tournaments with different rules, which is always fun. Do love that they do that in soccer now. Mm-hmm. Um, he said... The uh, so he just announced what the times that everything starts as well. So Tuesday, the All Star Game is when the market will open, which is the official launch date. Which is really exciting that we're only six days away, and we will not have another podcast episode before uh, before we're live on baseball, which is pretty pretty cool. That means we um, get to talk about our teams at the next episode. That's great. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have a team of baseball players. Yeah, okay. amazing. Yeah, wow. Um. So the first common competitions will start the next Friday. So we'll maybe do a little, we'll do a little uh, lineup builder on that one. And then he said the beginning of August, he wasn't specific as to what day. I think that they want to just kind of test things out and make sure everything works on the common level before they fully send everything in. So it could be like the first week of August or it could be a couple of weeks in. Um, But he did say the beginning of August is when we would, get our first competitions uh, with real cards and real NFTs. Um, Yeah. It seems like the timing is pretty quick here that they're going to ramp things up. And um, are you at all concerned with this being like a half a season? Cause normally in soccer, we see that the later half of the season is when the prices kind of drop. No, I think it's good. I think it's, it's actually good. I, I, uh, I think it's a perfect little mini laboratory to test some things out with a little bit lower stakes, it's almost, it is not, I wouldn't call this a soft launch. It was a major launch actually, but it is a, a little bit of a, a soft launch for the SO7 game, if you would call it, just because it, it, people are going to be sort of wandering their way, figuring it out. A, light, a, light, a lot of these early buys, I think, are going to be people who are coming from card collecting, not fantasy. I think if you, in the, the, the early buyers will be weighted towards that. And, we'll, and some of these people might be sort of like learning more about fantasy through you know first building collections we'll see right yeah that's a good point that's not really one that i had thought of because i always think of server as a fantasy game first and so yeah if, if, but but we've been talking about it all episode how server is kind of leaning towards that collectability market and leaning towards that car collector market those guys may not have 
experience with fantasy. So it's, it is kind of a nice thing um, to kind of get your feet wet. I know I started in, in March on, on the soccer side, which was the beginning of an MLS season. And it took me basically a whole season to get my feet wet because I didn't really catch it. But if, if I had gotten a half a season at the end to see what was going on and then an off season to kind of evaluate Mm -hmm. things, I think that would have been better better uh like more efficient for me so yeah i think and it's good it, for so rare because they can yeah sort of it's a just long enough so that they can get a good sample size of how the game is played, right but it's short enough so that they can cut it off take a break and then make changes going you know for next season and be up and up and running so right they don't have to completely tank the game because the game mm-hmm. will be over in two months mm-hmm. like but they can still get a nice sample size and figure out what works and what doesn't and tweak things and yeah i think it's perfect um, so that's pretty much it from the, from the launch episode itself. Um, so let's check, let's talk let's, a little, let's strategy. get your research, man. Yeah. Let's get your research. Yeah. That's what the people are really here for. Come on. That's you, what they're you, here for. You did the work. So let's share with the people. Oh man. It wasn't that much work. I, I just <laughs> whipped up a little thing in Excel. Um, so I went through, so here's, I'm just going to lay the foundation a little bit. So you guys know where I'm coming from. I went through, took everybody's statistics from baseball reference, shout out to baseball reference. They're the goats of everything baseball. So if you don't know where to get baseball statistics, that's the place to go. So our data, I'm sure we'll have baseball stuff. I've seen them tweeting it things out. Um, but until that happens, you can always go to baseballreference.com as well. Um, so baseball reference got all the statistics and essentially took the scoring matrix and multiplied out over their statistics. So if the, if a guy had, 10 innings pitched, I guess we should go over the matrix first. Um, but if a guy had 10 innings pitched and each inning pitch is worth three points, then I just put 30 points for innings pitched and then kind of added everything up to see where guys are and how many points they've scored total over the whole thing. Um, so I guess we'll, I guess we'll like bury the lead a little bit. Cause I have, we do have to go over the matrix first um, in order for this to, to make a whole lot of sense. The good news is it's a simple matrix. It is a very simple matrix, which was something that kind of surprised me a little bit. There's no fielding. There's very little negative points that happen. It's all just kind of accumulation, which is kind of cool. Um, but just quickly, runs are worth three. RBIs are worth three. Um, singles are two. Doubles are five. Triples are eight. Home runs, 10. Walks are two. Strikeouts are one, or, or sorry, not negative one for a hitter. Stolen bases are five. Hit by pitches are two. For pitchers, innings pitched is three. Strikeouts are two. Those are the two main ways that I think pitchers are going to rack up points. And then they also have wins for for five points, holds for five points, and saves for 10 points. And then uh, the negative points for pitchers, hits allowed is minus a half. An earned run is minus two. So you don't lose anything if you give up an unearned run, which is nice. A walk is worth minus one, and a hit batsman is worth minus one. Um, So essentially... I took all those, applied it over over guys' uh, stats for this year, and tried to figure out who's you know who's performing. Try to maybe get a little idea of what correlates really well. So if we're looking at pitchers, what are we looking for? Are we looking for the Greg Maddox who's got control and pitches a ton of innings? Are we looking for the power pitcher who's going to strike everybody out? Are we looking for the save guy? Like, there's a ton of different ways that you can go about you can go about pitching, right? So. Um, Went through. So here are the correlations for each one of those statistics. Um, We'll start with pitchers. Now, I did not break this down by starting pitcher and relief pitcher. This is just all pitchers. So that might be something that we have to do in the future to really get a good grasp within those two positions because they are very different from how they score. But here's the here's the overall correlation. So innings pitched is a 90 percent correlation to the total score. So the more innings pitched you have, the more total score you have. Um, and is a very, very strong correlation. It's not the strongest, but it is very strong. So you are looking for a guy that throws a lot of innings. The strongest correlation for a pitcher is strikeouts. So you're looking for the power pitcher who's going to put away a lot of guys. 94.7% is the correlation there. Um, Correlation for hits given up is 80%. Correlation for earned runs is uh, 68%. Correlation for walks is 75%. Correlation for hit batsman is 53%. Correlation for wins is 83%. And the saves is 34%. 
So essentially what that tells us is starters are better than relievers, right? Because the starters are going to get more wins. Saves are only 34%, which is the lowest correlation of anything. Um, so generally you're going to have starters over relievers, especially in that super flex spot, which we'll have to talk a lot about because there's a ton of different things you can do with that super flex spot. Um, the one set that I couldn't get my hands on easily and do this afternoon was holds, but I will get to that shortly. So that'll boost our relief pitchers up a little bit, but not our closers. Um, and I, just briefly looking through the holds, it really makes it interesting because you don't necessarily have to be a closer to be a really good reliever. If you get a bunch of holds, you can really actually rack up some, some decent stats um, as, a, as a, just a normal relief pitcher without being the closer. Um, so yeah, we're looking for a lot of strikeouts. We're looking for a lot of innings pitched. So you're typically looking for starters that go deep into the game and that strike out a lot of people. Those are going to be your best guys. Um, earned runs are the, the least correlation, um, other th- outside of hits and walks. So you want a guy that if he does give up base runners, it would be a walk instead of a hit, but it's pretty close between those two, but you don't necessarily mind if a guy gives up runs. Um, you're, you're more looking for guys that they get guys out pretty consistently. Um, so that's pitchers. So I'm going to pause for a second and let you kind of soak all of that in. What are your initial reactions here from, from, from the pitcher side of things as we're looking at this? It may, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. I love the power pitchers are going to come at a premium. If you're used to playing fantasy, you are used to chasing strikeouts and guys that go deep in games. So that, that's going to be nothing new to you there. I love the inclusion of holds because I I had a keeper league going for years and years with college buddies for a long time that eventually just ran out of steam, but it was famously was our most controversial stat was including holds in that league, which really shouldn't have been included because there really is no reason to uh, highlight middle relievers in like a friends, you know, friends league between 12 guys that are just, you know, in it for fun. There was no need to include it, but I did it just to kind of be uh, different and kind of contrarian with my my friends as I was a commissioner. So here there is a reason. There's a huge reason to make middle relievers have some utility. It's because Sora is trying to sell cards to these guys. So you, right. you can't have them be worthless. So holds are actually a sneaky, interesting stat. You can get a hold for just a third of an inning. You can actually get a hold. I think you I believe unless the rules change that as far as I know, you can get a hold without getting any outs the, the definition of a hold as far as i know it is you came in when your team had the lead and you left and they still had the lead i mean that's pretty much all you have to do to get a hold so yeah the, the uh, definition according to baseball reference is the pitcher entered the game in a safe situation and did not get the win or save gotcha yeah so you can give up two runs and get pulled and still end up with a five point hold you know you'll lose points for the earned runs or whatever but uh uh it, it's oh. interesting it does say the pitcher then retires at least one batter and leaves the game without having relinquished the lead. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So that you do need to get the one out. Okay. My bad. I didn't, I, I misspoke then forgive me, but yeah, regardless holds, I don't think you're going to be like a dominant stat, but they're just kick a fun quirky stat that gives some utility, some value to these middle reliever cards and will make for some interesting uh, purchases, some interesting plays. Uh, if you can't afford any of the closers, I, I imagine closers, especially the top end ones that, you know, get, 30, 40 saves in a season and a bunch of strikeouts are, are going to go very expensively because those guys are going to have some of your highest floors when you're going the floor versus ceiling and they bring a little upside. So yeah. I, uh, but spare thought for the middle relievers, you know, they're in there, they're trying yeah. to get their holds. They're just trying to get, just trying to the firemen, you know, they're trying to <laughs> they just want their hold. They're always entering in a high pressure situation. So we'll, we'll see how the prices turn out and how many people actually use their, uh, you know, firemen holds guys in the middle really in the relief pitcher spot or how many, you know, if it's just exclusively closures, that'll be a fun thing for so rare data to break down uh, in the near future. I think if you are looking for uh, those guys are going to cost nothing and I don't think they're going to be that much of a difference. So if you are looking to save a little bit of money, Check out the uh, check out who has the most holds because we're, like we we're talking about the top guys. If you win twenty games as a starting pitcher, you're doing pretty well. You're doing some right. Um, there's already a guy with twenty three holds in in Major League Baseball this year. We're halfway through the season, so he's on pace for about fifty. Um, as far that's, as saves, that's one hundred and fifteen points, right? Right. I mean, okay. that's not nothing. That's not nothing, yeah. and. Like I said, so the, the top guys right now are about 500 ish. And that's like the top there's 
three guys that are above 500 right now. So if you're adding an extra 120 points, that's like 10% of your total season that you need to add. So it does give you an, an interesting little bump there. And I, I don't have full numbers for that yet, but I will get a, a correlation. I'm assuming that holds will probably be, I would guess they're probably somewhere around saves, maybe actually a little higher because also if you're getting holds, you're a middle reliever, you, you might go more than one inning. So um, the, the their closers right. only going one inning ever, you know? Right. There's going to be chances for more strikeouts and more yeah. innings pitched, more outs that would get you points for sure. And it's, it's going to be interesting. The, uh, the 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 thing that'll matter the thing that that's what's going to make specific guys have more value we're we're kind of speaking in generalizations about these positions but really like you're going to need to know your team like certain teams have will sort of lock into a setup you know that certain managers especially will get real comfortable with like going with like this guy in the sixth this guy in the seventh this guy in the eighth and closer in the ninth or, or, or you know some managers will be like, oh, no, I have a guy that I always throws my seventh and eighth innings every time, and then I give it to the closer. So knowing those situations, learning the individual quirks is what's going to make some guys more valuable than others in these roles for sure. And I think, unfortunately, they've banned um, only being able to pitch to one hitter. Uh, you have to pitch to at least three so that you couldn't go like righty-lefty because I'm sure you racked up a lot of holds as like a lefty specialist. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I, that kind of stinks. I mean, the, the lefty specialist would have been, uh, would have actually probably been a, a pretty decent card. But at this point, you know, you got to pitch at least three guys. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to to kind of look and obviously that's just a very brief overview um, from just one afternoon of me going through some different stats. So um, I know you guys don't want to talk about pitchers though. You want to talk about the hitters. You want to talk about the guys yep. that, that, that do the big bopping. Um, yep. And I told you, I should have had you guess what the, what the top correlated stats were, but I actually did tell you before the show. Um, Cause it was not what I thought at all. Like I was doing it as we were kind of starting and all of the numbers came up and I said, Oh my gosh, what is this? What is this stat that is leading in correlation? as far as uh, as far as hitters go in total points so um we'll go through all the stats again just just like uh just like we did before now i actually added in games and plate appearances because i wanted to see i, I feel like that's going to be really important for hitters as to how many times you get up there because there's almost no negative stats so the more times you get up there the more chances you have to hit a double or a home run even if you hit 320 if you only get up once a week you're not really going to rack up that many stats. So um, I did do games and, and plate appearances. Games are 91% correlation. Plate appearances are 95% correlation. The biggest <laughs> correlation of anything is uh, is run scored, which is not what I was expecting because I kind of associate run scored more with the leadoff guy that's a little faster that gets on base in front of the big bopper. I don't really expect the big boppers to be – scoring a ton of runs i mean obviously they do score runs but not as much as the the fast guys but that's the one that that kind of got me off guard 98 percent on runs 90 percent for singles 91 percent for doubles 49 percent for triples which is the lowest by a lot uh 85 for home runs which is also interesting i kind of figured with home runs being 10 points a pop that that would be the big the big ticket item i guess um and i think Week to week, you're going to have those guys that hit two or three in, in a couple games and and go off. But overall, it's only 85% correlated as opposed to doubles and singles are actually more important for you to be hitting. Walks are 88%. Strikeouts are 84%. Hit by pitch is 62%. And stolen base is 55%. So again, triples and stolen bases by far the two lowest, which Again, it's kind of that that small, fast guy that gets on base a lot. Um, but I guess he's just not scoring for some reason after he gets a triple. I don't know why he wouldn't score, but oh well, I guess he doesn't. Um, so what do you what do you think about uh, about the hitters' correlation so far? I, I I love that you broke down. I was surprised when you broke that news to me that runs was run scored was kind of your key most correlated stat towards in terms of your total points that you actually score. It makes kind of sense. It, it's it's floor versus ceiling, right? And those runs are kind of that more, a little bit more dependable, predictable stat than homers. And 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 I get it. It also tells me there's going to be a premium on batters at the top of lineups. You know, one, two, and three hole hitters 
are the guys that score most of the runs for, for teams generally. And uh, so that's going to put premiums on, premiums on those guys. You'd think most people will be attracted to RBI and home runs. Yeah. So it, you think the market is going to tell you that the, the bashers are going to go for the biggest prices. So yeah, that might be a, a slight edge here at the beginning for people who are really getting into it. People who are listening to this pod, you, you just got some knowledge from Chris there in terms of, you look for guys who score a lot of runs and get around the base pass. And that that's a way you can maybe get an edge for, for value. So to be fair, all of the big boppers are also at the top of the list of total scores. It's so like Aaron judge is second. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is sixth, even though he has mm-hmm. uh, almost no games played, which is Well, not no, but 75 instead of 85. Um, who else has got a lot of points from home runs? Kyle Schwarber is eighth. So, yeah, I mean, the big boppers are good. Like, the, there's right. no denying that. But I think the more interesting thing is that the value, especially, I guess, towards the middle is, is, is what I'm guessing, right. is in runs. And the more and runs like how, you score. How can yeah. you keep up maybe on a smaller budget or just trying to do things more creatively? How can you keep up with, you know, with a uh, more v- budget lineup with some of those big hitters and runs is a stat that you can focus on for sure, I think, thanks to what you just and I mean. And runs is something to where it's going to be very stackable, right? You're going to have, mm-hmm. you're going to have, you know, late Yankee lineups with judge and Stanton and Rizzo and all these guys that are all going to drive each other in and they're all going to score mm-hmm. a ton of runs. Um, so you're looking for kind of the big offensive teams and get some of those guys. And even if you can't get judge, um, let's see, who's the next Yankee down here. DJ LeMahieu is 53rd yeah. overall, you know? I mean, just because judge judge put DJ in his, in his uh, side of 17 that he built on the, uh, on the event today, because he, he probably knows DJ is a great, he said, I need someone who's consistent. Give me DJ LeMayu. And uh, like, he wasn't, I doubt that my, uh, that Aaron judge like intensively broke down the scoring matrix, but it's just interesting that intuitively he knows that that's his teammate that he has is going to be really good at this game. And it it turns out that your uh, number crunching shows it's true. And oddly enough, DJ LeMayhew is very good at not striking out too. Um, that's it. Looks like where he's making up a lot of ground on some people around him is not striking out. Um, so yeah, he'll he'll be. I mean, we're gonna have the same type of thing, right? We're gonna have the judges and and the Jordan Alvarez's and the Schwarbers that are gonna be. Some weeks they're gonna score fifty, and some weeks they're gonna score ten. You know, um, but. Overall, apparently runs is is the way is what you're looking for. But yeah, I mean, obviously you're still looking for for boppers, right? You're still looking for mm-hmm. singles or ninety percent, doubles or ninety one percent. So you really want doubles, which is if you if you really ask baseball people, if you can if you can hit a double, you're a pretty good hitter. Yeah, um, sure. so like that's really what you're kind of looking for. Whereas the home runs, you you also got some guys like Joey Gallo that I'm sure is just dragging down the home run number because. He puts up a ton of home runs, but he also strikes out a ton. Sure. Um, so let me see if I can find Joey Gallo real quick and see where he's ranked at. Joey yeah, Gallo I was is. Say my, uh, sorry, you found it quicker. I was going to do a little interlude while you looked, but you found yeah. it quicker. Keep going. Uh, Joey Gallo is 223, 223rd, um, which he, I guess he doesn't have as many home runs as I thought. But um, yeah, he's he's got minus ninety two points from strikeouts, which is a massive amount, which is really dragging him down. So, you've got those types of guys that also are gonna are gonna drag you down. Um, what were you gonna say? Oh, I remember when Joey Gallo was a intriguing third base prospect for my Texas Rangers. You know, uh, coming up coming up through the minors. So that's how old I am. But uh, yeah, I think uh, it it's gonna be interesting. There's gonna be lots of different approaches. You, it depending on how much you want to spend, if you want to just be like, Hey, I'm going to have a stud, you know, bopper at, at every position, then you, you know, you can spend up and get, you know, you can get a lineup filled up with your judge and trout and uh, you know, Jose Martinez and a couple you know, I'm blanking on who might the best corner infielder might be, but let's say it's, you know, Ramirez. Machado. So Jose yeah. Ramirez. Oh I was, yeah, that's right. He's I, number I, one I, overall. I had him as middle for in my head for some reason, but yeah, let's uh, Trey Turner. Regardless, you, you go get those guys, you know, you can do yeah. that. Or if you can say, I'm going to stack a team and I'm just going to play matchups and I'm going to try to take advantage and strike when these guys get hot, then my whole team will be hot, et cetera. You know, and that's, that's a pretty common, you know, 
dichotomy strategy wise for people that are coming over from daily fantasy. I think if you play DFS, you'll get that pretty, pretty easily. If you are one of those collectors who comes to the game just from a collecting side and get dabbles into the fantasy game, it'll probably be something you need to learn. It'd be a little yeah. less intuitive, but uh, here's my one beef. Here's my one beef with the scoring system. You can call me crazy. I think crazy. It, walk, walk is worth two. Hit by pitch is worth two. Give me, give me a 0.5 or give me an extra point for the hit by pitch uh, versus the walk. <laughs> I mean, you took a ball, you got to, you know, for the pain. Give me a point for the pain. Yeah. So rare. Come on. Let, give me, let, let's go. And it's not like you, like with walks, you control it more. Like, you, you know, you have to have a good eye to get walked. You have mm-hmm. to not chase stuff out of the zone. Whereas a hit by pitch is also like, you know, the pitcher just messed that one up and just threw it at you. But there are yeah. definitely guys that like lead the league in a hit by pitch because they're just good at like leaning into stuff very slyly and they're looking for contact that contact. They want to get on anyway, anyway, anyhow. So yeah, I think that's interesting that that they're the same thing that uh that that's your complaint. I love it. Point for the pain. Come on, help a us point out. Point for the pain. That's what that needs to be a hashtag on Twitter. Hashtag yeah. point for the pain. Um so I, I want to uh, I want to close things because there's a ton of stuff that we can talk about um, and we will get into more stuff as we go through this and we kind of figure this thing out. I was telling one of my friends, like we got basically a month to figure this out before we start getting real competitions in here. Um, so we will figure things out as we go here and we test things out in common and everything. But I want to just close with one more kind of topic that we were talking about earlier and how this matrix is so well balanced that people from every position are showing up in the top 10. Mm -hmm. You've got starting pitchers and relief pitchers and hitters that you can put into one flex spot. And honestly, it's a very good open debate that we can have as to what needs to go into that flex spot. Cause you can really take that thing anywhere. Like, so uh, just to give you an idea, some of your top, 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 top hitters are going to average eight points a game roughly, but they're going to play all three games in a series. Uh, so you're, you're probably looking at about 25, whereas your top, top, top starting pitchers are going to be about 25 points. Your the top closer in the league averages about 14 and you would figure he gets about two appearances per three games. So he's going to be in that 25 to 30 range. So, my question to you is where do you go with that extra spot? I mean, you can't put Shohei Otani in there. I mean, you can, I mean, but we don't know what'll happen. My gut instinct tells me to go with a hitter because just I'm, I, I wasn't, I was, a, you know, not a pit. I was an outfielder when I played ball as a kid. I, I just, I'm into hitting. I like, you know, chicks dig the long ball, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just, you know, I love a blast. I love a bloop. I love a double in the gap. I love you know, working a stolen base to get around and score a run. So I, I love all that. So I want to go with the hitters. I, I, I want to go with the hitters. You're telling me there's a case for any position. So I'm just going to go with my heart and I'm going to go with hitters. But when I look a little bit closer, I think maybe starting pitcher is the way to go. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. If you have one of the, if you have one of the top starting pitchers, they're averaging 30 a game. You just got to make sure they're starting. Right. But Mm-hmm. So you're, you're even if you have one of the top starting pitchers, there's a 40% chance that they don't start that game week. So you can't use them. So are you going to really go and buy four or five good starting pitchers? I kind of think that's what you have to do. You have to go and buy like four or five good starting pitchers that all kind of start on different days. And then you have two of them available for one series and one available for the next series. So then you put a hitter in there. Um, I think, I think just roughly based on what I'm seeing so far, you just buy a top closer and just put him in relief every single week and just forget it and never have another reliever and try and save some money and go other places with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you really can't, it really depends on what your roster looks like. It depends. Do you have four starting pitchers available? If so, maybe go a starting pitcher, you know, do you have a good matchup too? This is going to be a lot of matchups because some of these lineups, like you, if you're starting pitchers facing the Yankees, I don't know that I want to throw that in, in there. Whereas if you're right. facing the, if you're facing the pirates, throw them out there all, all day long. So man, that's, it's tough. Like you can really make an argument for everybody and every position should be in that spot. Um, I will say, I think, I think on average hitters are probably going to be 
lower than starting pitchers, but I think they also probably have a higher ceiling. Like I think oh, if yeah. Judge hits like yeah. two or three home runs in a in a right. series, that's better than any starting pitcher is going to have a, a good outing. You know? Yeah. So if it, you want to go for it, maybe a, a big bopper is is the way to go. An elite elite starting pitcher in the scoring system scores what like 35, 40 points with just a huge K game, something like that, and you know no walks and goes it's eight innings and whatnot. So I think yeah, just sheer basis of opportunities and plate appearances and the chance to come up and do things. Your ceilings can be way higher with a hitter, no doubt. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. A hitter can have an 80 point game week. If things go, if things break, right. Yeah. But see the, the question is, I don't know how, I, I think we have to do more research into how compact these averages are. Cause I'm just purely looking at average. Is it, so, so Shane McClanahan is the top scoring pitcher in, in the league so far this year, which is mind-blowing to me because I didn't think he was that good. But he is very good. So he's averaging 32.14 points per game. Is that two starts of 50 and then a start of 10? Or is that four mm-hmm. starts of 35? You know? Great point. It's like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how consistent pitchers are going to be. I kind of view in my head the pitchers are a little more consistent. And hitting is more, you know, you get on a hot streak, you go, you hit 450 in a week is not unheard of. But if you hit 450 over a season, that is unheard of. So I think mm-hmm. on average, you're going to have some hitters that go over 20 some weeks and they go and hit 450. Right. Those pitchers are going to be more consistent. But yeah, I think I would say more research needed. And, and this is my verdict. What- what it's all telling me is you're going to need a deep gallery. You're going to need a yeah. deep squad. You're going to need to be able to play matchups. You're going to need to be able to, you know, pull a guy if he has a bad series. You're going to have to go out and buy someone to replace him, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to deal with injuries. And all these, like, great decisions that, like, any fantasy game, almost any game really can be broken down. Your enjoyment of it is, like, what kind of decisions do you get to make and how quickly do you get to make them and what stakes are on those decisions, et cetera, et cetera. So, that they've given us a lot of decisions in this game. You know, it's really cool. I think that's going to make for a fun game. You add in the aspect of the market and what's your budget. Can you afford to buy three closers or can you afford to to own seven starting pitchers that are all, you know, in the top 50 in the league or do you not have enough money for that, et cetera, et cetera. But all of that, you know what it's all good for. It's good for us as players, but it's great for so rare because if people get into it, they're going to sell a whole lot of these cards. Oh yeah. And a lot of them are going to go to me too. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, I think you're hundred percent right. There's just a ton of options and there's a ton of stuff that we can like sit here and dissect forever. Play, you know, if you regularly want to play every game week, let's say seven guys, you're, you're going to need, let's say only three of your seven spots are probably going to be reliable in like in a two week stretch of four game weeks. So like you're really going to need like, 30 cards just you know just to reliably play just the side of even though it's a side of seven game i feel like so especially with like pitchers because you're gonna have to rotate there's you're gonna know ahead of time i can't put this guy in here because he does he's not gonna pitch this week so mm-hmm. you're you're gonna know that you have there's gonna be pressure to go and buy like a hundred pitchers yeah um I mean, I feel like some people can get away with, well, I've got Judge. I'm Eventually, he's going to hit a bunch of home runs. I'm just going to chuck him in the lineup every week. I don't care if he's hot or not. Um, but I think with pitchers, even if you have Justin Verlander back in the day, it's like if he's not pitching, he's not scoring points. So who mm-hmm. cares? Um, so, yeah. Think about uh, if you're used to playing fantasy baseball, like the concept of streaming and how you kind of yeah. like – Okay, you pick thought up a about that. for this star, and then you drop him. You pick up someone else for that star, and et cetera, et cetera. The, if you're going to want to come into this game and do that, that's, you're going to have the ability to do that. You're just going to have to be really good at buying and selling. Also, you're going to have to find people to take these cards off your hands. You can't just cut them. You have to sell them. And that's the other thing. Is there going to be a market for this pitcher doesn't pitch this game week as price drops? This pitcher does pitch this game week as price increases. Is there right, going to be – is there going to be reverse of that to where, well, I don't care if I'm playing the game or not. I'm going to pick this guy because he doesn't have a start. And I know next week when he does start, his price is going to increase by 10%. Right. You know? You're going to have to plan ahead like a couple of weeks and try to buy guys when they're low, kind of like how you right. buy injured soccer players. You buy 
starting pitchers who, you know, just are in a weird spot in the rotation where they might not pitch for two, a week and a half, two game weeks. Yeah. I am so excited to start playing this game. There's so much that we can talk about and go over. Uh, and we will be back on our normal night on Tuesdays uh, next week, uh, which is also the all-star game. So we'll maybe throw in a little, a little all-star game watch as well. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we can pretty much wrap that up for here. Um, any last minute, uh, any thoughts or, or questions or anything? No, man, I can't wait to get started. I just, I need to know. I want to buy in. I, I'm already contemplating the, the, the amount that I thought I would buy in the, when we did last week's episode. Now, after this announcement, I've definitely already upped that amount. And I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to plan out exactly how much I plan to spend here. I, at first, I was like, I'm just going to buy in limited. I'm going to keep it real cheap and just try to learn, yeah. you know, and now I'm like, but that's not how I play soccer. I play soccer kind no. of you know, balls to the wall. I, I try to get as progress as far as I can. So now I'm like, now I'm more leading to probably going to bring that same approach to MOB in terms of just trying to do, you know, as much as I can with the game. Cause it looks so, like it's going to be fun. So are you selling soccer to fund this? No, I'm selling soccer to fund soccer. I'm, I, I will consider it mostly kind of collective funds. I'll, I'll consider it one game that I'm playing on, on two levels. If I, there'll be times when I sell a soccer card to buy a baseball card and vice versa, I would say. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm doing the same thing. So I don't know if that affects the market at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's all we have for this week. You guys have a great rest of your week. Thanks, Daniel.